Hey, this is Eric from Catching Light. Hey, this is Hemp. Hey, this is Glenn. Hi, I'm Steve-O. Hey, this is Drew Hines with Hindsight Imagery. This is Matt Callahan and Digimati Photographic Services. Hey, this is Jason, and welcome to Tales from the Pit. to Tales from the Pit, your behind-the-lens access for concerts and photography. Today, we have part two of our interview with Justin Press. Justin, what's going on with photography for you nowadays? So, dude, right now, man, you know what? Focus is on shooting, uh, now that I've moved coastal here, shooting water. I'm big into, like, environmental, just shots of the ocean, the water, the gulf, lakes, just kind of trying to build a sense of atmosphere again. Yep. Um, I mean, the French Quarter is great for that type of thing. I took, it's funny, um, when I first moved here uh, and this COVID happened and the streets in down front, French Quarter, when no one's down there, is somewhat eerie place. There's like, this place 300 years old. It's just kind of crazy. So Tom Dempsey, you remember him? Kicker of the yep. half, kicked the record? Yep. Anyway, yep. he passed away. I mean, obviously, he made notoriety when he was a saint when he did that thing. So uh, girlfriend has an old Saints helmet from back in the day. So I took the Saints helmet and put it in the middle of like one of the streets in French Quarter, like Royal and like Bourbon. No one around but the city backdrop in French Quarter. The helmet, took a photo of it, sent it to like NOLA.com and they're like, and then, and like, and like, I think at the time I used a Leica on it. I borrowed a Leica Q. And Leica Q, like the pages were like, they, they uh, you know, had it for a while. They displayed it for a while. So I was just like, all right. Doesn't always have to be about music or people. Awesome. So, dude, you know, man, man I'm just going to, I don't know what we're all going to do. It's funny. I, I, I might go to shoot some local shows just to get that memory muscle going again, you know, because it's like anything. It's like people are like, wow, they're not, no one's hiring. I'm like, take a part-time job. Learn that muscle memory of working again and working with people and being on time and being responsible for something. It doesn't matter what it is. And photography is the same way. I'm like, if I don't get out there and start shooting what I love shooting, which is live music, I'm going to forget how to shoot properly and, you know, not look for the moments anymore and just, you know, so. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. So, you know, it's like anything and I'm, I fall like anyone else. I, sometimes I'll fall lazy and just use my iPhone. It's what I have with me and I'll take a photo and they're so good nowadays. You're like, this is as good as any compact, I suppose. Yeah, totally. I mean, how are most people viewing these things anyway? So that's what you have to take in mind. I mean, literally, it's just an Instagram post with like a 30-second clip or something like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. absolutely, absolutely. So um, that's kind of my story on how I got to this point. Uh, I always continue to shoot and things like that. But uh, I, I, I think like anyone else, you guys probably run at this where like you feel very uninspired. Like the, the yeah, lately, yeah. It's writer's block for photographers. Yeah, Well, for the, sure. the interesting thing for us, I mean, right now, um, we're obviously, we're just kind of doing our own thing. We got, some of us have weddings and stuff like that, which is kind of the yeah. same old, same old. But when you're a venue shooter, when you shoot for an actual venue, you're going to be shooting a wide variety of artists from anywhere from comedians to, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy to country, you name it. So the, the cool thing is a for a venue photographer, you have a wide variety of stuff. And 
you'll learn a lot about different artists because I'm a head banging hard rocker and I shot my first country stuff last year and that was some of the freaking craziest shows I've ever seen was country shows on a hot, hot, drunk, sold out <laughs> crowd. The crowd yeah, it's, is insane. Well, I love the, what I love about the country shows is you kind of, we all revert back to uh, how they are and how they congregate in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Tell uh, that becomes its own scene. It becomes like almost like a Buffett <laughs> thing. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. that's what country yeah. acts are, whether it's Chesney or, or, um, Aldine or any of those guys, they kind of have this, you know, it's a big party atmosphere. So a lot of great photos they have there and their shows are just as bombastic as any rock show now. And that's the thing was like when, you know, when these country artists uh, utilize flame, you know, flame plot pods and all this other shit. I'm like, wow, this is totally, that's jumped the shark. It's no longer cool. (laughs) I mean, it's serious. I'm like, I'd rather just have a band get out there and kill it with a back line and just give me some emotion in your face. I don't need to be blown away by your production anymore. I need, I need something else, but I got to ask you guys, the hardest thing in the world must be to shoot a comedian. I have so, never done it myself, so. so we, I don't even know how to shoot a comedian. <laughs> what are you looking yeah. for? The last in the audience, or are you looking for that? You know, Cat Williams is always great with those expressions. Yeah. These crazy, like, wild-eyed expressions after he does a joke, and people are like, and, but uh, I can't imagine someone who, like, you know, Bill Burr or something like that, who's just kind of, like, pretty, always the same, you know. Yeah, one of the shows we had this year that was on the on the books was uh, Steve Martin and um, Martin Short. Martin Short, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, that you know, I think something like that. I mean, you got a big name like that, so people will like to see that photo. But it's really about the crowd interaction with that sort of thing. I, I took one photo. I took actually several. A lie, because I, I had really good front row, lower balcony seats for uh, Cleese and. Uh, who Cleese do? John Cleese and who's the other guy from Python? It does comedy still. Um, oh, uh, oh shoot! I remember? Oh, Help me out. Can anyone pull up Monty Python real quick? We can run down their names. Uh, yeah, hold on one second. Here we go. Hemp's typing away. <laughs> who's gonna be on it? Who's <laughs> on it? Oh, John Cleese, Terry Gilman, Eric Idle. There you go. It was yeah. Cleese and Idol. And, yeah. you know, man, I, my mom's English. I grew up in, in my early life in England and in high school even, and like grade school, my brother was big into Python. It was just became part of the family. So when I went to see them like three years ago and they did their tour and they did like very few cities, I was like, this is, these are bigger than any rock star I've ever known in my life. These are bigger than Gene Simmons, bigger than Paul Stanley, bigger than Robert Plant to me because they're like, they changed the entire landscape for comedy. And so I went and shot them, and I was just in the balcony, had like my little Rico GR with me, man. And I just took a photo of them two sitting there, and there's like a backdrop of Grail behind them. And they're two sitting in these overly sized, like cushioned chairs. And you're like, I look at the photo, I'm like, to me, it was the greatest photo I'd ever take. Because it captured the, to me, the two people who are like, are part of the group that affected me more than anyone. Yeah. And I was just like so proud of that photo, because I look at the thing going, man, like my family would be so stoked to know I'm here. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. And that's just like, it was just one of those cool moments where you're like, man, this is, I can't believe where all these people are all laughing the same freaking jokes about a parrot in a cage. It's dead or whatever. <laughs> it's just like stupid shit. I'm like, but this yeah. is great. And their stories are great. And so, yeah, man, that's one of those things. So that's the only comic I ever shot. One time I tried to shoot Henry Rollins and I reached out to Henry and he goes, I said, Hey Henry, you know, I'm 
going to be shooting. For, I'm, I'm a photographer for this weekly. You know, would you mind if I can show you? Hey, Justin, help things are great. Nope. <laughs> he had no time, which I love. I, love, I, I kept that email because I'm like, that is the greatest, like, hey, no dancing around. I was like, nope, don't need you. That's, that's totally Henry Rollins, too. Right? Totally Henry Rollins. <laughs> so but, where did you grow up? Do where? Where did you grow up? I, I was born in D.C. My dad was in Navy, so I was born in D.C. And then soon as seriously, I, I, as soon as they pulled me from my mom's uh, womb, I basically we got on a flight to England. <laughs> and my dad was then stationed uh, in Scotland. Oh, cool. Awesome. And then we went, then he got moved to like Tunisia, then up to Germany, Japan, and then back to Scotland before he retired. So I, when I was growing up, I was over there with just, you know, other Navy brats. And then we moved back to Virginia. And after a while, my dad, I think, we were all back in Virginia. We're like, we're loving it because we're back in the D.C. area. We love it there. And my dad decides, I, I'm going to assume, he walked in one day. My brother's in high school. I'm in like, you know, elementary school. We built, we built our friends again. Because when you're a Navy kid, that's a good thing, too, about like touring is like your DNA is kind of a gypsy. You know, you're moving like, hey, son, don't. You know, we knew we, we just moved to this new place. Don't make friends or like, don't get too close to them because we're leaving in eight months. So you learn to kind of weave your way in and out of like, uh, uh, just people, you know, clicks or whatever you want to think scenes. Um, but what's funny. So we moved to DC and my, one day my dad comes to the house and I remember I was, I was probably in the den listening to like, I think I seriously dude, I was either listening to, to sheer heart attack by queen or like K tell. And I think it was in the middle of like, Michael Martin Murphy's like, what is that song he did? Like the song about the horse running. I can't. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, something. That wildfire. There you go. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, brother. <laughs> it was like track three, like um, K-Tel's greatest hits of 74, <laughs> five or whatever the hell it was. Anyway, so my, uh, my dad goes, hey, guys, we're going to be moving to Texas. Where's Texas. <laughs> why are we moving to texas what's there oh you know i think we just need to change i'm thinking no we don't i want to be a virginia cavalier dad you know that's where i want to go to college anyway long story short we moved to texas and thankfully where we moved they had an arena and that's where i first started saw started first seeing my live show so i think the first show i saw was the kiss destroyer tour and then after that is like i saw zeppelin i saw floyd on the animals tour i saw nice. all these bands like they were like now we they're enshrined yeah. and my buddies never got a chance only because my parents were cool enough to like go hey we'll take you to the show that's awesome we'll go we hate this but we'll go <laughs> <laughs> and then my brother got to a point where he could drive and then basically he's like hey if you pay for the tickets i'll take you to which shows you want to go to and i think the first show i ever took he took me to was the cheap trick dream police tour and awesome. i just got done with a little league game and i was still wearing my little league uh uh outfit i like you know <laughs> the sweat the, the pants and the hat and everything else like, but i remember the tickets were like like 550 a piece and that like took me like three neighbors lawns to accumulate ended up being like 15 dollars I, I i was char charging way too little for what i was doing because i was a naive kid i just wanted to make enough to get those tickets right no kidding <laughs> That's so awesome. dude it's funny it's like i think about that i talked to my friends and I'm thinking, man, the, how early I started going to shows and being interested in music, you know, man, I should be running Live Nation at this point. What the hell did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? I should have maybe, I don't know, maybe I should have gone to law school. That would have helped. What got you to move to New Orleans? Uh, 
personal reasons, um, mostly. Yeah. So, cool. and believe me, I used to visit here when I was living in Texas. I'm like, it's a cool town, but I don't think it can last, survive longer than a week in here because I cannot see what I'm doing. I'm walking blind here. I was like, how do people even live here? Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know that there was actually some place outside of the French Quarter and the bars that existed. So it's got its own vibe, man, for sure. Um, so still much learning character. It. It's still, still learning it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's what we did ship rock this year out of new Orleans and we had like, we had a big, uh, second line parade and it was, it was, it couldn't have been more perfect. So I was like, well, man, maybe this is a sign I need to be here. I don't know, man. I don't know. But the funny thing is I get here a week later, we're closed down for business. I'm like, well, shit, it's going to have to wait. <laughs> right. Right. Oh so, yeah, dude. So that's why, that's why I'm, I'm here. And it's really weird, dude. Cause I am not a sweater. I'm not big into the sweating thing. And boy, yeah. oh, I'm with you on that one. Rough. It's rough. Oh, yeah, but you know, man, it's like um, you know, my girl's tour manager, and so it's good to be with someone who knows the business. And uh, yeah, man, it's 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 good. We can talk shop all the time, so it's just really good to have that in the household. Yeah, and you guys we can understand really, each other's uh, do exactly, I know? Yeah. I was gonna say you guys can really understand the the daily yeah, you know, man, challenges. She, she had she was finished up a tour in the spring, and she was gonna head out with a new gig in Live Nation as the tour rep for Santana and Earth Wind and Fire. So she was little mm. got to wait a year. That's a bummer. Everyone's waiting for those stories. I wanted some good Earth Wind and Fire stories. <laughs> I'm impressed with your your own background and history. It's pretty well, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really, I really do, man. I, you know, it's inspiring. Um, thanks, man. The truth is, dude, I, I these kind of things are are, are great because I I do get in the malaise like anyone else when you're like not doing it, and when you can actually get around photographers and talk photography and the business of music photography and just the quirks of it of it all. It's 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 really good. It's refreshing. So I'll walk away from this interview. My toes tap them without sounding a little corny. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's funny because I'll, you know, we all sit there and go, man, I shot this shot, show, man, my, sh my shots are the shit. And then you look at someone who shot the show with you, you're going, where was I during that shot? Because that <laughs> shot's amazing. So I've never been, one thing too, man, is I've always been so supportive of other photographers. And again, that's not, again, this business again is like another one. It's like, you know, people deride you, shoot you down. Dude, there's no more Thunderdome than going on some freaking like forum for photography. Since when did this become such an arrogant? It's not even professional. Some it's for some for those people. That's probably a hobby, right? Yeah, you know, maybe some professionals there, but I've never heard such. When you bring up what shoot you're shooting or like the new specs on a camera, it's like warfare. I'm like, one. <laughs> it's all about the finished product, man. What are you totally. What are you creating with that contraption that you're ragging on or you're touting? But I've never heard anything like it. And that's the way the thing I throw, I never really engage in those things because I'm like, it's like, you know what, fighting with someone on the internet is like, you know, fighting with someone who ate paste in high school or school. They're, they're there. Yeah. They're not all yeah. there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm always like, well, let's see your photos. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you drug out here. You know, that never comes to light. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I got one. But the, man, you know what, man, I, photographers all around, other guys I shoot with, people I see on tour, people I run to like you, and I, I start now become friends, I start looking at your work. And it's inspiring, man. It's, it's good. It's like, man, I got to up, either up my game or I got to look at things different or like, or basically what you try is like, how can I circumvent this by shooting differently? What right. am I going to do to set myself apart? Right. Because there's some great photographers out there that shoot, <clears throat> whether they're shooting for like access live or something like that or like rolling stone or whatever and boy are those so stock 
you're going, I know this is what the editor asked for because they haven't a creative bone in their body, but this is what you're going with. Right. And it's like, man, you're in the wrong business. This takes a vision, man. It takes a certain eye. It takes a certain, I want to go through photos and go, hold on. Holy shit. Look at that. Look at the angle. Look at the cut. Look at the micro contrast there, man. That guy was on point with that shot. Yeah. This- or girl. Or girl. <laughs> sorry. I think you brought on a new episode for us. Do what now? Yeah. I think he's brought on a new episode for us because you mentioned that um, the, the crowd shots are is that, that impresses you the most. Is that Chris behind you? Mark, Glenn, who's who's behind you? Who's your photo? Oh, that's Chris. Yeah, oh, yeah, Chris Davidson. Yeah, that's look Chris. at that man. You know what? Enough of the eyes are hidden, but the hair and the beard are there. You know who it is right away. I mean, I'm yeah. struggling. Yeah, that. yeah, he's he's. Uh, I mean, he's great. And the way he holds a guitar super high. Same way with Jamie Johnson, man. You, you know how they hold a guitar. You know, it's like Willie. It's like the best picture of Willie. Yeah. They're no longer about the braids or his hand. It's his beating up the shit hands. And yep. that same old guitar he says since <laughs> 1960. Yeah. We have some guys that have shown photos just recently of Willie, and they're real, very impressive. Yeah. yeah. I, literally, literally, that was, I think, last week's episode. Last that week. was the yep. exact photo we one of our guys shot. Nice yep. close-up of the guitar with the hand, the beat-up guitar, the marks all over it. Yep. Story, man. That, that's his whole career in those shots. Yeah. Probably. I'll tell you who I love shooting, but I don't love shooting. I love shooting Kiss because it's Kiss, and they give you this whole thing. I don't like artists who sit there and work the camera pit, giving you the shot, holding it. I know there's some people very appreciative. I'm like, man, I want to chase the shot, man. Make me work. Make me work <laughs> yeah. for this freaking shot so I can feel proud leaving this arena. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's great. I love Paul Stanley. Hey, pick on the tongue. Great. Thanks, bud. I'll send this to my editor. He'll be stoked. He'll go, God, how good you are to get him that shot. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he held that shot for like 10 seconds, bro. If I didn't get it, I don't need to be doing this. Right. So, and every show of, of the tour is that same shot by every photographer. And that's the thing too, man. It's like, just give me, give me as a fan of photography, something I hadn't seen. And you have people like, it's like Ross Halfin, man. You know, everyone's like, oh, Ross, Ross. I'm like, Ross, two iconic shots. I think the one is obviously Angus back in 1980 for Back in Black. Uh, that one thing where I think he was playing the Apollo or something in London. That's yeah. how you know you're a photographer when you know exactly where they shot a fucking photo 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But, uh, and then like some other shots, but like his stuff, it's just about with guys like that's access. He's getting shots no one's totally. going to get. That's it. Yeah, so, so I ever look at Ross's stuff and go, man, he's so technically profound. I'm like, no, he's not. And I'll admit it. He goes, man, I'm an average photographer. I just had access to no one else does. Yeah, I was a huge, I am a huge Ross fan, primarily because he was Def Leppard's photographer for years. Yeah. You know, and I, I grew up being a huge Def Leppard. So every image of Def Leppard is Ross. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that period for sure. Obviously the same with Metallica for a certain period. Right. ACDC, um, all that. Yep. But, uh, you know, and obviously Maiden for a long time until they got John McMurtry. Yep. And um, it's, um, but it's, 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 uh, but I also love Ross too because he loves putting his fit, foot into the nuts of PR agents. <laughs> I've heard stories about him. And yeah, he doesn't take no, and I love it because he's such a diminutive little guy. Yeah. But he's I've heard stories so, about yeah. him and Ozzy uh, batting heads a lot, but Ozzy he, still hires him. <laughs> Ozzy loves the fact the little cockney guy's yelling at him. <laughs> so yeah have you ever been there and you're sitting there and you're, you got the eyepiece up and you get the shot and you didn't machine gun it you actually took some diligence and took the shot you ever sit there and go man 
I think I'm gonna be really proud of this shot before you pull the thing away. You know, yeah, I don't even, I don't even like chimp anymore. I don't go, I just take, I'll, I'll walk over after I'm done. I'll pull up my little thing, like my little card reader, feed it into my phone and kind of go through some photos Yep. and, and figure it out there. But there's those shots where you pull them away. Of course, eight or 10 times you go, I think I nailed that shot. You go, you look at it, you finally go, oh, that shot sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My eyes are there. <laughs> yeah. There's been several shots where the moment was, it was just this magical moment that it's one of a kind moment with a crowd fan or whatever and you're like man i hope i got that shot i hope i got that shot and you look at it and you know like it was focused on the microphone instead of the actual artist yep. or something like that well that Fuck. dude i've got it so criticized for some lines like man the mic stands in a way i'm going hey nita strauss can you move this way so your mic no dude that's just that's the moment yep yep you know i'm not gonna sit there again they're looking for like sometimes these photographers i'm like are you looking for like an advertising shot? Are you looking for an ad shot or a tear? What are you looking for? A tear sheet? I'm not going, you got to capture it then and there. If a mic stands there or like the mouthpiece of the mic is there because they tend to be those big spongy things. I'm going, this is shit, man. You got the shot. You got some cool shit. So, yep. You know. All right, also, so one thing that bothers me more than anything about concert photography, and, these, and there's certain people that do it, is the hyper colors that they put into those damn, when they're processing posts. I'm like, some people don't need some people should be like outlawed on posting on like post-processing. I've never seen anything like it. Like, just give me straight out of the camera, man. I'll figure it out. But I just see, I'm like, my eye can't see that color. How in the fuck am I? That color doesn't exist. That <laughs> shade of blue does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I am guilty of that because I'll use filters and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll take a shot that maybe the, it's a, just a washed out blue and I'll be like, oh, man, if, if it was a different color, it would pop more and I'll put a filter on it that'll sort of do that. Unfortunately, it'll oversaturate some of the colors too, but yeah, yeah, there's definitely it, it, a mix of things that, uh, again, that's just my, it, whatever works for everyone's got an individual taste. It's, obviously it's what whoever's needing photos from you needs. And if that works for me, if I mean, you built a, you, you kind of build a, a they know what the look they'll get. They know what look they're getting from you, and they're right. cool with it. Don't change that. But obviously, you've got so many shots you've got for yourself that yeah. you're gonna work with for your portfolio for sale or whatever you're gonna do with it. But it's okay to say, "Hey, look, sometimes I got to be a corporate shill and give them what they want." Yeah. Even if I everybody's know eyes different too. Do what? Everybody's eye sees different. Absolutely. I mean, with glasses, man, I, I've caught a color blindness, so that's not a big win for me. And so uh, black and white tends to be my thing because I'm like, I can figure that. I, that I can understand. Plus, I mean, I'm, I'm old school. You know, I, you see the shots of Miles Davis during the Blue Note days and they're all in black and white. Like, those things still stand up because they're black and white. Timeless. We talk black and white a lot and, and how the, the, the passe colors and, and certain colors get washed out, but the black and whites are always going to be iconic and they're always nice. But saying that, I'm a big fan of the History Channel's World War II Yes. Uh, thing, but now they do them in color as well, and it adds such a unique perspective to it. And uh, I still prefer the black and whites if I had my choices, but seeing it in colors, it's definitely very interesting. Those Nazi reds come out really. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, gentlemen, thank you so much. Appreciate your questions. It's good to see some more people in the Brotherhood, and I, I really seriously appreciate it. And I look forward to the next time. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, Justin. Appreciate your. All right, you guys have a great rest of your evening and a, and a terrific week. Well, thanks. We'll see you, you later. Man. You too. Stay safe. You Bye. Bye.
Hey, thanks for watching Tales from the Pit. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have questions or anything you'd like us to talk about concert-related, email us at nhconcertphotogs at gmail.com. Again, nhconcertphotogs at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.